Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the bonus hours, midnight hour. It's unscripted, unedited, and I'm completely untied. Well, I'm not wearing any shoes, so of course I'm untied. This is a late night chat with the host of Between the Profound and the Profane and creator of the bonus hours. I, of course, am your host, Pocket, for these bonus hours, midnight hours. This is a show where I sit alone with my mic next to an open window and talk about the general things that are on my mind in these late night or early morning hours, depending on how you look at the world or how my insomnia is treating me. Yes, that's right. This is the bonus hours, midnight hour. And I apologize profusely if my voice sounds a bit scratchy or a bit off today. I, my throat is a little rubbed raw. I've been smoking a lot more cigarettes than I've meant to lately. You know, the summertime often seems to shake out to be a bit of a rough patch for me, at least it has, as I've grown a bit older. I used to really enjoy the summer, um, you know, days off school, a time away from prying eyes of authority figures, but now that I'm a full adult, it's become a space where my mind wanders into the darker, more challenging corners of itself. It is July 22nd, 2019. It's Monday. It's just after midnight. The air conditioners of the apartment complex are running at full blast right now because it's humid and it's hot down here in Texas. I've been wanting to do a solo show here on the Bonus Hours webpage and thebonushours.com for many years now. And I've only just recently tried to take up the mic and do so. My birthday was yesterday, the 21st, and I turned 31 this year. It's, um... You know, it's it's a birthday. I like to say that it's just a Sunday, but I never seem to react in that way. At least I haven't since I turned 26. You know, somebody said that birthdays don't matter once you turn 21. And I have always agreed with that. You know, my mind state hasn't changed. I'm not a different person. I'm exactly the person that I was on the 19th, but... It seems like every year that I grow older now, um, it brings on a, a, a bit of sadness or perhaps even melancholy. It feels like I'm battling entropy at this point. You know, a life that was full of hope and vibrancy at 12 is 
not really looking at the long game after 30. Not to say that I plan on checking out anytime soon, I hope, against hope, that I have another good 50 years in me. But my culture, the culture that I'm from, seems to put a big sell-by date on your forehead once you become a teenager, and if you haven't become something great or accomplished something worthwhile by the time you're 25, the culture seems to make you feel like you're worthless. And perhaps everybody feels that biting sting of worthlessness, and perhaps it's always worse around a birthday, but it tends to really eke its venom into my bloodstream here near the end of July. I always wanted to be something, an entertainer, a writer. It's my biggest dream and a goal that I lost sight of when I walked out of a high school and into a garage to hide from the world and waste away on liquor and drugs. And ever since I saved myself from that hell, that prison cell, I've had to sober her up and I've had to face my own reflection with clear eyes and a clear mind and nothing pumping through my veins except for my blood. It's been trying. It's been a hurdle. It's been an issue to see that I wasted so many years on something so pointless. And they tell me that the things that I did and the person that I became because of them have only made me better at speaking into a microphone and talking, telling stories, making people laugh. I wouldn't have this voice or this perspective without it. A perspective that's wholly unique to me and where I come from and the friends that I made. But it doesn't always feel that way, listeners. And it makes me crawl inside of myself and want to hide in that garage again. Lucky for me, lucky for me, you can't turn back time though. Because I'm self-aware enough to understand that if I could, I would be right back in that garage, hiding, 
and waiting for the time to be right. And I would pass it up all over again. You know, there probably isn't ever a right time to do anything. But you also shouldn't wait. If you have a goal, an object in mind that you wish to have, metaphorical or material, you know, whatever rocks your boat, I'm not into the material per se, if you have something that you wish to achieve, achieve it. Chase that dragon. Chase your goals. Because nobody else can do it for you or will shake you up out of a whiskey-induced coma to get you to where you want to be. I know you've probably heard that a thousand times from a thousand people who speak better and word it better than I ever will. But I think on a night like tonight, it bears repeating. No one is going to bring you to your goal. No one is going to wake you before the alarm rings. It's your job to get out of that bed and figure out how to make all your dreams come true. And that's the type of depression that I've been dealing with. Perhaps my whole life, but certainly over the past month. I had found a thing that was helping me deal. But it seems like every time I find a thing that helps me deal, another thing, a hurdle, an obstacle, a rock, diverts the path of that flowing river, dams up all of the power that I've built And it's always five steps back, two steps forward. Push the rocks out of your way. Obstacles are meant to be moved. What really stinks about it all is that I should be happy right now. I just got married. I'm 31. I'm sober. I'm breathing. I have a roof over my head. Food in my stomach. 
and friends who care enough about me to move their plans aside, play a D&D &D game, and bake me a cake for my birthday. What more could anyone ask for? Well, I'll be honest with you, dear listeners. I want the world. I want the moon and the stars. I want the sun to turn around and in all its shining glory gaze upon me for just a second. Let out a light chuckle and say, huh, that pocket, he knows a thing or two, at least about making us laugh, at least about telling us a story, at least he knows how to spin words in a wicked web and catch us for just a moment. The character that I put on, on Between the Profound and the Profane, a comedy podcast, if you could call it that, is only a small fragment of who I am. And focusing only on that can lead me into a space of fragmentation and depersonalization and not fully embracing the creature that I have grown to be. And on the flip side of that coin is if I don't record and podcast, broadcast, nodcast, and zodcast, I'm sorry, I just had to come up with a few more rhymes. It was for the rhythm. If I don't make my thoughts real through word or writing, if I don't do this thing that I'm doing right now, I become nothing. I become a lump on a couch without guidance, without goal, without a hope in the world. I become a burden on those around me when I don't make the effort to put myself upon the chopping block and hope that someone is looking. If I don't thrust myself on a stage and ask for a spotlight that might or might not ever come, I feel worthless. And no one in this world needs to feel worthless. Don't let anyone make you feel like you have no use. Not even yourself. Not even yourself. You will ruin yourself. You will ruin your entire life just with the thought that you have no worth.
dear listener, you are worthy. Like Thor picking up a hammer, you were born for this. I have no idea how long this episode's going to be. I just kind of needed to turn on a microphone and speak into it. Last week, on my other podcast, Between the Profound and the Profane, we talked about how sometimes you have to drop friends when they're bad for you. We listed a number of reasons, we made jokes, we had a good laugh, but the amount of times that I've had to do that in the last year alone are equal to the amount of friends that I have now. I have lost half of the people in my closest inner circle due to growing up and realizing that they perhaps weren't the best people for me to be around. Mean, cantankerous, con artists, melancholy black holes that wanted to suck in all life and joy that I've ever felt at any time in my life. Living Dementors, Abusers, Liars, Cheats. I've met them all. Some of them all the same person. I've had to cut out more people than I keep close now. And you will too. If you're not, you're probably doing friendships wrong. Now you can say, Chris, Pocket, my friend, my host, why are you making friends with terrible people in the first place? Perhaps if you picked your friends better, you wouldn't have to cut so many out. People don't let you know that they're terrible upon meeting them. No, 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 dear listener. Most times, you won't know that somebody is a terrible human being to be around until five, maybe eight years into knowing them. Granted, you might run into somebody who just gives you a bad vibe. You know, gives you the heebie-jeebies, as my grandmother would say. But most of the time, the people who are honestly awful, you'll let in. Either because you don't realize it at first, or you can make excuses for their awfulness, or because, most damningly, you think you can change them. You think that they are willing to change. And that's not just about women being beaten by men, something that I hear often. Women who are with bad men want to change them, but for one, it can happen the opposite way. You know, when I was younger, um, about 17 or so, I, I met a girl who I probably didn't even really like all that much at the time, but I was lonely, and I thought that you were supposed to have sex at a certain time, or else you were a loser. Boy, high school was fun, wasn't it? And I didn't want to be the only person without a girlfriend. The only person I knew who hadn't slept with somebody, who didn't have somebody to hug or kiss. I thought that it was something that I was supposed to want. And so, I wanted it. I'm not asexual or anything, I just... You know, I had crushes, I had feelings for people that I barely knew, usually, but I did not think very highly of myself. In fact, I had a pretty low opinion of myself, lower than I have in my most depressed times. 
Now, I had such a low opinion of myself that the first person who showed me any sign of sexual affection, I threw myself directly into her. I threw myself directly into a relationship. I threw myself into it whole hog, wholeheartedly, and with every piece of my being. And I was destroyed. I was absolutely and utterly torn to pieces. This person hit me. This person emotionally tortured me. This person used me in ways that I'll probably never actually fully know, understand, or at this point care about. Because I have moved on at this point. It's been many, many years. So I don't need to know all of the ways that I was harmed. I just know that I was. I know that I went to my friend's house many times with black eyes, with torn clothes, and with a venom for myself that wasn't there nearly as obviously. Near, with, with near the obviousness as I did after I saw her. I spent five years in a relationship with somebody who was, granted, probably just as unhappy as I was, but felt the need to push it out onto others, to poison them, to destroy their minds, to bring them down to their level, to hurt others. I'll probably say that I was no puppy dog myself. I learned within that relationship to carry a sword because everyone else seems to have one to swing it before they're able to get a shield up and if they start pushing against you by god you bash right back this is a dangerous type of thing to take from a relationship this will affect every relationship I have. It has already. The way that I was when I got out of that relationship, I've described a second ago. Drunk on drugs, depressed, harming others. I felt I probably was a bad person. No fun to be around, and perhaps a danger to myself and others. But you can also get into abusive friendships with people. You can allow people of the same sex who you're not romantically engaged with to mentally fuck with you, to pull you down, to harm you in ways that you wouldn't ever notice unless you take a step back and look at it. From a bird's eye point of view, from a third person view. Collaborating can sometimes be difficult. And if you're going to collaborate with friends, you have to make sure that those friends have your best interest in their heart and in their mind. Because most people think that all others are only out for themselves, and thus, they are definitely out for themselves. Well, Chris... Pocket, my friend, my host, how 
do you know that not everybody is out for themselves? I live in America. I live in the United States. I see that the world is full of greedy, hungry dogs who will tear apart any piece of bacon that you throw near them. Any drop or morsel of red meat is free for the taking. Well, dear listener, I don't believe that. Most people want to be good. There is evil in this world. There are bad actors. I just talked about them. But most people want to be good. Most people who you will spend time with, real time with, they want just for themselves and just for you everything that you want for yourself and want for them. Happy, healthy, doing something they love with people they love, to share smiles, laughter, maybe a drink or two. But if you ever encounter a person who tells you they believe that they have to take care of themselves before they care about anything else, that nothing matters except for them because of some excuse, that person is telling you who they are. Any person not willing to sacrifice an inch of their ego for the other people in the room because they think that the other people in the room are doing the same thing, that person is worthless. That person is useless. That person is toxic. And you should stay away from them. You should pull yourself from the situation, from the relationship, from the friendship, from the collaboration. You should get rid of them. But you probably won't. And I know this because I've done it multiple times. Not gotten rid of people that should have been forgotten. And that's all right. Nobody's there to make you. As I said before, nobody can make you do it. And nobody should. But if you know that you're doing the right thing, you can probably notice when people around you are doing the wrong thing. And it's really difficult to call people who you think are your friends out on their bullshit. Take, for instance, myself. People have been afraid to call me out on my rancid venom for many years. It took a few very special people to call me out on my bullshit. They still call me out on my bullshit because the people who call you out on your bullshit are the true, lovely, beautiful friends in your life. So you have to be that for other people. Something that I've never been quite as good at as I wish I was. There are episodes of Between the Profound and the Profane, the podcast that you're probably listening to, its feed to get this, but perhaps not. There are episodes of Between the Profound and the Profane, a comedy podcast that I host on thebonushours.com, where I let someone who was a friend get away with saying some heinous bullshit. And I did so because I thought they were a friend. I thought that they could do better. I thought that they were making the attempts to do better. And selfishly, most selfishly, 
I thought that their contentious and angering behavior could get me more views. That the relationship, the back and forth, the times that we disagreed, and the times that he said things that I wouldn't let him say in front of my mother, my wife, or anybody that I care about, go in front of the listener. Because I thought that the views would be worth it. And they weren't. They never were. They couldn't be. Who could love a show that makes you feel hated? Who could enjoy a light-hearted, laugh-up-every-30-minutes show if one of the main voices is harmful to half of the possible listenership? And for that, I apologize to myself, to my friends, even to that person, because I shouldn't have let it go on as long as it did. That is one of my great failings of this past year, of this entire endeavor that I call the bonus hours. That is a regret. I should have done better. I could have done better quite easily. I was asked to do better. I was told to do better. And yet foolishly, arrogantly, I let it slide. For that, I'm sorry. And if you have heard the things that he said, the things that were said on those shows, and never want to listen to this, to me, or to come to my websites again, I understand that. I hope that perhaps you'll give me a chance to show that that is not representative of who I am, or of what these shows are. Don't collaborate with somebody you can't agree with on a philosophical, fundamental level. I don't, I'm not saying that you have to both vote Democrat or both vote Republican. I'm saying that if you morally cannot abide by the things that somebody says and thinks about children, about women, even about politics, if it is against your moral fiber, you can't collaborate with that person. You can't. It will ruin whatever creative project you're taking under. You will be set back so far because they're going to eventually say or do something that you do not and cannot stand by, either on a microphone, at a convention, or directly to your face in the middle of the night, to your wife, to the people that you care about, they will make a fool and a mockery of you. And then, where are you? You've lost two years worth of work, you've lost money, and you're back at square one. You are further ahead to get rid of them before they even put their feet on the starting line. You can't run a three-legged race with someone who is running in the opposite direction. It's impossible. Can't win a baton pass if someone thinks that they were destined to hold the baton. And you can't put on a comedy show with someone who thinks it's funny to hate women. So if you do go and listen to other episodes of Between the Profound and the Profane. I apologize for anything said before episode 80.
That's a mild guess. Not 100% sure when we cut that person out of this whole endeavor. But there's some good episodes in those first 80. And I would ask that you listen to them. I think that you will like them. Some of them. One of them. And I would rather you find the things that you enjoy. And understand that I disavow everything. Everything that a certain quote machine ever said. This is the bonus hours. Midnight hour. Find the people who have a passion just as you do. Bring them close and share your light with them. They will help you find your way through the dark. Because what's the fun of diving into a dungeon alone? This is Pocket. And the bonus hours, midnight hour, signing off.